into the contest. It's Tuesday the 5th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, it's always great having a public holiday um, when you can't do anything. Yeah, I know, mate. It was a uh, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful long weekend. I'll give it that. It was it was great weather and um, oh, the weather. I feel very relaxed today, ready for a big week of sport. And what did you do for grand final day? Well, mate, you know, it's just a family party. It's all you can do. Um, cooked a little bit of pork, a little bit of lamb on skewers on some coal mm. um, with some beautiful Lebanese bread, mate, and some um, and some nice salad. Uh, and some red wine. It was good. Oh. The footy was great. Yeah, oh, it was a it was a grand final for the ages, wasn't it? It was an absolute cracker. We're going to look at the grand final in every aspect. Of course, it was a great game of footy, but there were some mistakes along the way. <laughs> the ashes, the ashes under a cloud. There's so much to talk about, and the Australian rugby team is winning. Let's go. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Well, huge news this morning, uh, Shane. The Ashes Tour, which uh, we eventually expect will happen, is under a cloud again. The English not happy with the whole bubble situation, the way that Australia's taking a very coronavirus conservative approach. And look, to be honest, by the time we get there, the whole thing should be open anyway, shouldn't it? It should be. Um, They are definitely playing a political game here. It's a real concern. This is the first sort of... Well, written sort of response from um, the English Cricket Board that um, suggests they may not come. It's, it'd be very, very concerning for Cricket Australia, which is a $200 million um, season for them. Um, so they, they need it to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can sort of feel a little bit from the players, but they've got to go ahead and get out here and play play at Ashes. We can't we can't have an Ashes series not go ahead. Yeah, I understand that. But let, let's take it to the other side and, and look at how it's being negotiated. Shouldn't the government and Cricket Australia take a more level-headed approach to the way they do it? See, Queensland and WA are the problems because they are saying they won't open, blah, blah, blah. So why don't you just immediately go for a more conservative plan? Play two test matches in Sydney and Melbourne. I think people would love it. You'll That's where the crowds come and and then sort sort another one out. Makes, Adelaide. Well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, Timmy? It makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, West Australia and Queensland have, have been given a lot of sport uh, in the off-season. Maybe it's Sydney and Melbourne's turn. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be a great solution. Mm. They've obviously got to make it happen. Adelaide seems, South Australia seems to be uh, opening up as well. So if you had two tests in both Melbourne and Sydney, that's where all the crowds come. Adelaide actually turn up as well. Perth and Brisbane, to be honest, if you look at Test cricket, they just don't show up. So, look, we'll watch this space with interest. Uh, Elise Perry, boy, she's a good cricketer. She is an unbelievable cricketer. In her last four Test matches, well, currently she's averaging 86.50 in Test cricket, which is, that's good, I mean, Bradman's sort of stats. Um, but her last four Tests, she scored 68 not out, 76 not out, 116 and 213 not out. 
what an unbelievable cricketer she is. And, you know, she did it again in tough conditions. She had to get through the second new ball uh, against India and um, and did it with class. What did you think of the grand final? Mate, it was a uh, – well, I picked the Panthers. I, I didn't pick them by two points, but uh, it was a really tough, tough match. Um, I thought Cleary did, did a good job. Um but yeah, all around the ground, I thought Tuo was unbelievable, uh, just with the number of hit-ups he did personally for a winger. Um, yeah, it was a really, really hard-fought match. And Ivan Cleary, that ends a 10-year hoodoo as coach. He finally has a premiership crown. Yeah, well done to Penrith. It could have gone either way. We were saying all week it was a real flip of the coin, and it turned out that way. A couple of mistakes uh, either way, and, and the result would have been different. But uh, there was some interesting stuff going on. I fell for Jonathan <laughs> Thurston at the end of the game when he was doing the interview, and obviously he's on the big stage. He was a great football player, and he's learning his craft with the broadcast. But he had the microphone, and he f- forgot to offer the microphone to Isaiah Yo, who was interviewing. Yeah, it's... Um, well, it's tough, and you would have done a lot of this, Timmy, but I remember I did one with the, um, I think it was the Waratahs, and you got the director in your ear, and when you speak on the microphone, it's delayed on the ground, so it's, it's really, really confusing. And obviously, he had a director in his ear saying something to him, and he got to hand over the mic, so it was quite embarrassing when the director's officer said, uh, mate, hand over the mic, no one can hear the answer. Yeah, and the look on his face, yeah, don't worry, I could, I could tell you a few stories. And I won't mention any names, but a young reporter years and years ago when I was working in radio, I went out and got this fantastic sports interview. This is when we were using tape with uh, a former Australian cricket captain, came back, it was a 15-minute interview, we were ready to play it. He had no tape in the machine. So, look, <laughs> there's been the odd stuff up, and I've made plenty myself. Um, look, at the, at the head of the game, of course, the, the controversy around the national anthem as well. Jonathan Thurston was doing an acknowledgement to country, and it seemed like he was just cut off. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre, wasn't it? Um, and the girl singing uh, the national anthem wasn't ready either. Yeah, so Jonathan just finished Welcome to Country, and it was straight to the national anthem. Look, I, I just think we have done the pre-game – and um, halftime entertainment in this country poorly for years. It's been amateur for a long time. We really, really need to take a um, a leaf out of the, a, a, you know, what they do in America because, yeah, it's always appalling. The, the AFL halftime entertainment this year was weak, I thought. Um, you know, it goes back to when they brought – remember they brought Meatloaf out and he couldn't even, oh, yeah. he couldn't even speak, let alone he sing. Served, <laughs> he was served raw meatloaf at the AFL Grand Final. Uh, now, what camp are you in? Phil Gould, I'll tell you what, he polarises the audience, doesn't he? Let so many people hate his commentary. Obviously, there's plenty that love it, but uh, he had everyone uh, yelling and screaming on social media on Sunday. Yeah, like, keep using the word stupid. Um and look, I, I get the point he was trying to make when if you pass a ball to someone that's trying to tackle you at six again, when you mm. kick it, um, it, it should have been the same thing. But the thing I didn't like about Phil Gould, like this guy made his career out of um, the Penrith Football Club, you know, and yeah. coaching and being part of it. Mm. He was clearly mm. going for South and he wasn't happy. He, he, and he's, he had no personal – he said nothing personal. He didn't think um, – take congratulations to Brian Fletcher, mm. the CEO, or even though I haven't cleared all the players. He just said, oh, you know, the, the, the people at the club would yeah. be happy. It was just really dismissive and, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the guy's a bit of a grub, to be honest. Well, I think I think part of the, 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 the rhetoric that upsets people is just that it's a bit condescending in the way. And I don't know whether mm. that's just uh, the way he does it or not, but they feel like, hey, why are you just – you know, particularly when he talks in and around officials, but he's not the only one who has done this. We see it in cricket as well. Uh, some ex-cricketers will be a, a little bit shy to criticise 
they're cricketers and, and current cricketers, but they have mm. no problem with ripping apart umpires and officials. But, um, yeah, that was the grand final. It was quite a night. Penrith Panthers, they'll party until 2022. There's a little question of that. Now, AFL Carlton confirms George Hewitt as uh, a signing for Michael Voss uh, in his new tenure as coach. Yeah, Vossi's first big um, uh, signing, and um, and George Hewitt. Look, he's um, he's a name that a lot of people wouldn't have heard a lot of, but he's played 120 games for the Swans. Mm, mm. He's a very very versatile midfielder, uh, and will fit into any sort of role that Carlton can build, particularly in that midfield build around him. So um, I think it's a very very good signing for them. A big a big loss for the Swans. Yeah. What about the rugby union team? The the Wallabies just keep skipping along the road, don't they? Uh, two wins over Argentina, two wins over South Africa. Dave Rennie is. He's got him going well. Andrew Kellaway, he's a dynamic outside back, scored three tries. Yeah, um, it's all going the right direction. And, and I said a while ago, I think that um, Rennie is, is definitely the right guy. Um, we had us stuck with him. We come through some tough, tough matches um, against the All Blacks, but they seem to be really, really gelling now. The players, for the first time in a long time, look like they know what their role is. Um, mm. And they don't seem to be juggling the team that much. And, um, yeah, to score three three tries, Andrew Callaway, fantastic work. Yeah, and uh, looking at the world game, uh, Perth Glory signing Daniel Sturridge. He's an international superstar. He's obviously not at the peak of his powers, but even still, uh, he's a massive name. Massive name, mate. This guy played for Chelsea, which is you know, the, arguably one of the biggest football clubs in the world, from 2009 to 2013. Then Liverpool from 2013 to 2019. Two, two massive clubs on his CV, and he's coming to little old Perth Glory. So uh, it's a massive signing for them. I don't often watch Ukrainian hockey, but what about this bloke? <laughs> what about uh, this guy in the Ukrainian Hockey League with that gesture towards a, a fellow player? It was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, Andre Deniskin is his name, and um, it was an appalling, appalling display of, um, well, a lot of things, mate, not only sportsmanship, but... Yeah, to a um, to a coloured uh, opponent, um, he gestured peeling a, a banana, mm. which is just you know, that's that's almost I think banning for the season for doing stuff like that. That's ridiculous. It's not far off banning for life, I'd reckon, in some yeah. parts of the world. And the Olympics, yeah. look, the, the Olympics is often shrouded in controversy in areas, isn't it? Particularly in and around athletics and drugs, but uh, the boxing corruption bombshell. Yeah, they're going back. Uh, two Olympics ago and doing a review and they reckon potentially up to 11 matches were fixed. Um, it sort of just goes hand and foot with um, with uh, with boxing itself, doesn't it, really, Timmy? I, or, I or, or hand in glove. Yeah, hand in glove, foot. yeah, hand in foot. And I, I love mixed metaphors. I do it myself all the time. <laughs> or, or foot in mouth, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, it does as well. And what about these uh, trainers, these horse racing trainers um, in Melbourne? Uh, they've gone for a long lunch. Now, the, the, the game of horse racing, and I obviously do a lot of work in this space, have been amazing with their protocols. But um, Victorian Racing are not happy at all with these trainers. And, uh, of course, we've got the Rich Spring Racing Carnival on our doorstep. Yep, a long, long lunch to me. I don't know whether I'm appalled or I'm, I'm jealous, <laughs> to be honest, mate. Um, but, no, I, I think in, on a serious note, uh, that could really set back racing um, in a way that um, I'm sure that they don't want it to happen. But, uh, yeah, a, a very, very silly breach of protocol there. 
Yeah, yeah, because most people have done a, a fantastic job, but there has been a couple of breaches in Victoria. A couple of jockeys got heavily punished, so we'll have to watch this space with interest. But um, that leads us to your story, your nostalgic walk back in time. What about the day you went to the races then and onto the Swans? What happened? Well, I was with some really, really good Mossman cricket teammates um, and another really good mate, a guy called Stephen Worm Sullivan, who um, who was who played for Peace and Career Club, really, really good bloke. Um, he was sort of leading the charge saying, we'll go out to Ramrick Racecourse for a big day at the races and all into uh, a day at the Swans. Now, uh, halfway through the day at the races, we're all winning, so we weren't really, really keen to sort of head out to the Swans. But Worm, being very, very defiant, said, no, nah, I'll go on my own. And we'd actually booked sort of 14 seats together um, at the races right behind the post there at the SCG. Mm. Um, we would end up in Wallara watching the Swans on TV. Um, and as we sort of looked up at the TV, there was a guy who had fallen asleep and it was Worm from our touring <laughs> party. He'd fallen asleep sitting with 14 seats around him empty um, as, the, as the Swans kicked the goal and hit him right in the, hit him right in the head. <laughs> and they kept replaying. They said, and it was yes. And uh, he, he's copped it ever since. But, uh, yeah, Worm fell asleep, woken up by a, uh, I think it was a um, Jude Bolton kick uh, and hit him right in the head. Yep, brilliant. Oh. Goodness gracious me. That Petersham Cricket Club in Sydney was quite amazing for all those nicknames, weren't they? Graham Hughes was playing there, Bronco de Jura. Then you had those yep. two families. Wasn't there Schooners, Middies, and then and, and there was Worm and Fuss. And there was and nicknames slug. everywhere. It's Slug. <laughs> yep, some great nicknames. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And of course, our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. Back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.